This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Enjoy that! And the last mail, December 3000, a start! Smith courts one in the right down the line. It may go! Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! I pop off! The Cardinals are! The Cardinals won the pennant! The Cardinals won the pennant! The Cardinals won the pennant! Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Swing and a miss! The Cardinals are world champions for 2006. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Bowties and Bullshit, where analytics meet the eye test, the spinoff from our uh, weekly Two Birds on a Bat show that we enjoy doing for all of our St. Louis baseball Cardinal fans. Uh, I want to thank uh, our friend Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com for making all of this possible as he uh, leads the charge, so to speak. His, uh, his innovative companies take care of residential, commercial, and industrial work. The construction team, heating and cooling team, and electric team are second to none, led by Randy Green, 35 years experience, second generation craftsman, and folks, more importantly, a man of his word. Get to know Randy, let him take care of you, let him save you time, energy, and most importantly, money when it comes to the project that you have. Uh, Also want to uh, remind you that we do come to you as usual from the Patio Studios, the original party place for St. Louis Cardinal baseball and St. Louis Cardinal fans everywhere. So whether it's pregame or postgame, check out Patios. Don't forget their bomb specials as well. Um, You know, if you like uh, if if you like your shots, Patios is where it's at. So um, speaking of a guy that likes his shots, uh, let's not mess around at all. And as we do some of our gratuitous uh, intros here i might as well just bring in a guy that loves his shots the one the only kyle reese i wish i had a shot right now i think we all need a shot i i think um i think the the cardinals management staff might need a shot <laughs> uh yeah but if, if, I'm, if i'm like chilled i did a little bit of drinking after last night's game that's for sure um yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I, I'm having a little fun today just because I love when, you know, the old what comes around goes around type thing. And, and look, let me, let me preface this by saying this. I, you know, it's, I have no idea what kind of manager in the end Mike Schultz going to be. Um, on the surface, there are things I like, but there were things I liked about Matheny on the surface too, right? Um, all types of things. And then, you know, when the, when the, when the shit hits the fan, you kind of find out, well, what do we have here, right? And I think we can all agree that what we had there was not good. Lots of problems. Um, and again, this is this is one like crazy type thing going on. I, I can you ever remember seeing somebody just dismantle another team like Christian Yelich is dismantling us right now? Can you? I mean, can you no. even like? I know there's getting guys that we 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 call them cardinal killers. Uh, this is way beyond cardinal killer. It just all it reminds me of. I mean, everyone keeps bringing up Barry Bonds, but it just reminds me of uh, Carlos Beltran and whatever. I guess that was a 2005 playoffs or whatever it was. Like, I don't remember. My brain is basically molded beverage at this point. But I uh, that's what it reminds me of more so than anything. Where it wasn't even a team; it was just no one could get him out. That's that, I mean, that's what it feels like. It was in the playoffs. Um, God, what year was that? It was after he got traded, and nobody could get him out. I remember it was yeah. like he just kept coming. I think we actually – was that old f- – well, man, it's going to drive me crazy now what year that was. Yeah, I, but um, I can't remember. He um, – yeah, golly. Was it, it was 04, I think. Yeah, he had 22 at-bats and had 10 hits against Amazing. Atlanta. And, against, and he was 10 for 24 against us. That's the, right. Yeah. And it just, and you know, and we're talking four home runs in each series. You know, it just, it wasn't like it was just, you know, he was just knocking the ball around. I mean, he was doing, yeah. So that's a great call. Um, I like that. I I, I will say this. I I don't know what, like, how do I put this? 
I know what the right answer is from a logical standpoint, right? Like just quit pitching to the guy, right? Like, but I, do you think, and, and I'm crazy here, and this is where I'm going to, I know today, let, let, let's be frank here and say that the whole conversation today is supposed to be about the starting pitching. <laughs> so, um, cause I think we have, you know, Houston, we have a problem here. Um, so that being said, uh, about Christian Yelich all day. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's like, how do we not talk about Christian Yelich all day? So, um, God, can you, uh, I, I don't know what to do here. I mean, here's the that? thing. Here, let me let me say this. Let me say this. Here's the thing. Like, I remember everybody talking about David Ortiz in 2013. Like, everybody talks about that, right? I mean, yeah. uh, and yes, he absolutely, I mean, he was like 11 for 16, but everybody seems to forget that he had eight walks. You know? So they tried yeah, to pitch. They, they tried to walk him, right? Crucial situations, they walked him. You know, I mean, so it's like, I guess, yeah. I Do baseball people have a hard time not, like, everybody's like, well, what analytics guy would say don't walk him? Well, God, if you believe analytics with baseball, what goes up must come down. I mean, sooner or later, the numbers would say that this guy's going to, against us anyway, the numbers would say that this guy should go into a horrendous slump, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's zoned in in a different way right now, and it feels like he knows what's coming next. It, I don't it think does. It's just him. It does. You know, he he's doing it to the nth degree, but it's that entire lineup. It, I feel like that lineup always knows what pitch is coming next, and it's tough because to have six of your first nineteen games in Milwaukee against that lineup, it, it, it's a tough draw. And that's not to excuse any of the poor pitching that we've seen, but it's just a really, really tough draw. And I don't know. I, I feel like the one thing about Christian Yelich demolishing the Cardinals is it's glossing over the fact that, I mean, for real, that Milwaukee lineup is really just tearing the Cardinals pitching staff apart. Even even the reliable relievers uh, with the other portion of the season have struggled against Milwaukee. You know, they, John Brebbia struggled a little bit the other night. Dominic Leone didn't look the same. Mike Myers, who had pitched pretty well, well, you know, got torn up. Well, let me ask you this question. Two things I want to ask you. Number one, like, and, and speaking of that, too, of knowing what's coming next, it's one thing to know what's coming next, but who who uh, who did Yelich hit the home run off of Monday that was above Everybody. the letters and inside and he hit it out to right? Who was, who was throwing? Do you remember? You know, I, I don't. I do not. But remember. how about that? I mean, come on. That yeah. pitch isn't even a strike. It's a, yeah, out. Not. It's out of the strike zone, above the letters and inside, and he managed to put a barrel on it and hit it out. Now, I will say this: that I, I don't care what the dimensions are. That park's a joke. Okay, yeah. that park's a joke. I mean, I've, there's been a couple of home runs hit. Like, I, it may have been one of Yelich's home runs that went out to left center the other day. That's a fly ball at Bush Stadium. Sorry, yeah. but it is. Um, yeah. And I listen, we've hit a few home runs there over our time that would be out at Bush Stadium, too. I get that, right? Now, watching, if you love baseball, watching a guy that's as zoned in as him is impressive. I will say this, though. If you watch their at-bats, watch Grandal, okay, watch some of these guys at-bats, right, Mustakas. I have no idea, like, I have zero idea what their hitting philosophy is. Each hitter... Like, I know everybody thinks that, like, you get in a room and this hitting coach says, this is what we're doing today, and they go out and do it, right? Like, it's that easy. Um, mm-hmm. But they do have, like, a lot of guys have changed their careers, like a Daniel Murphy. Like, like you hear all these stories about these guys, like Josh Donaldson. You hear all these guys, you know, they, they couldn't figure it out, and then all of a sudden they got with a hitting guru, and it was mechanicals. It was uh, some guys, it's mental. But, boy, they look to me like what they do is they hunt pitches, and then they just say, look, I'm going to hunt this pitch and I'm not going to miss it. And if I do miss it, then I'm screwed. Right. And right now, some of them just aren't missing. I'm like watching Grandel sit on a slider. Uh huh. I mean, that's almost like you go up there and go, look, I can't handle all those pitches. I know I'm going to get one. So I'm going to make sure I don't miss it and I'm going to sell out for it. And then if I if I if I'm bad, this at bat, then I'm bad. But you know what? The flip side is. 
you know, I'm dialed in here on one pitch. And there's a lot, a lot of guys like that now in the league that do that. But it's almost like that's really what they're doing, whereas, you know, it looks like maybe a few of our hitters maybe don't do that. Uh, and maybe they're a little more old school. Like Paul Goldschmidt on the flip side. I, uh, you know, for a guy that you would think would take away half the plate and say, you're not going to beat me here, he seems to be getting beat on both sides of the plate right now, which is kind of shocking to me. Low, too. Getting beat low a lot, too. So, yeah, I, and, and, you know, and again, I maybe maybe the pitching staff has some tendencies or, or is predictable. I don't know. I have no idea. But the, you, you know, know that, what I think? To, to that predictable pitching staff thing, one of the things I feel like I've noticed, and you brought up the Yelich home run on the inside pitch of the numbers, but I don't feel like, I don't feel like the Cardinals have much of a pitch inside philosophy. I feel like, if they throw a fastball, the fastball might be inside. But it doesn't ever seem like they, they start a breaking pitch, other than like Andrew Miller when he's on. It doesn't feel like they start very many breaking pitches behind a hitter that carve their way onto the inside of the plate. I, I feel like, especially against Milwaukee, for whatever reason, the, the Cardinals are very much against trying to pitch inside like as a, as a rule. It, it's, almost, it's almost like, yeah, sure, they'll pitch inside a little bit here and there. Try to, they're trying to keep the hitter honest. But everything feels to me like it's on the outer half, if not the outer quarter. And to me, I think that's part of it. I also think that like the pitching is predictable. Uh, watch, you know, I was watching the Blues playoff game last night, and you knew you knew what the Blues were going to do. They were going to try to work the board. They were going to try to get the puck to the outside, try to get into the zone that way. And Winnipeg was uh, uh, cutting them off. They knew what was going to happen, and that's what I feel like when when Milwaukee's up there. I feel like like the Cardinals' pitching selection gets extremely, extremely predictable. A lot of times, pitches aren't thrown. Unless it's a fastball, uh, pitches aren't thrown on consecutive pitches, so there won't be, like, two sliders in a row. There won't be two change-ups in a row. Like, there's no versatility in, in the pitch selection. And I think that has a lot to do with it, too. I think they, they know if they get two fastballs in a row, they're going to get a breaking pitch. Or if they get a breaking pitch, more than likely, they're going to get a fastball next. I feel like as someone who doesn't know a damn thing and it is really, really stupid, I feel like I could almost go up there and predict uh, without looking at Yachty's signs what pitch is coming next. And I, knowing that it's probably going to be on the outside half, I think also helps uh, you hunt a pitch. Uh, that's, that's how I feel when I watch these games. And also, the Cardinals do a pretty good job of locating until it gets the two strikes and then somehow the pitch is always right down the middle of the plate. Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny as you're saying that. I just watched the home run and he hit off of Helsley. I mean, it's just spinning. Yeah, it's just yeah, it, a, it's just spinning. That's a bad pitch selection. I, I have the whole thing. So, well, here here's what I will say though. If you watch the if you watch the whole setup, and again, I, you can debate the call all day long. Yachty is moving inside and the pitch is out over the plate. So okay, so that, this is that's what I'm getting at. So. Let me tell you a little bit, a little backstory on Ryan Helsley. I, Ryan Helsley was a no prospect. I, for, for years and years, he was a non-prospect. And I kept telling people, uh, this kid is legitimate. He's legitimate. But the issue with Ryan Helsley is that, you know, the, there's a walk issue with him. But it's kind of a, a bullshit walk issue. What Ryan Helsley does, he's never had trouble getting ahead of hitters. And he strikes guys out a lot. But he has this tendency to, when he gets two strikes on, to try to pitch a little too cute. Now, the one pitch you never go to when he when he's in a, a hitter's count or an even count is you never go to the cutter. I mean, it's a fact. And they went to the cutter there because he he doesn't he he doesn't have good location with it. It's the one pitch that he doesn't locate very well, and it'll spin. Does that look so like a cutter to you? That don't look no, like it a... is. It's it's a, it's a it's a it's a cutter, and that's what happens to it sometimes. It goes flat. It just spins. It's ninety one miles an hour. And it's not the 96, 97, 98 mile an hour four seam. That's, that's what happens to his cutter every once in a while. And uh, that's, that's what happened there. That's, that's why it's bad pitch selection. They should have stayed away from that. He should have either kept with the fastball or, or done, dropped his little change of flow in the zone. But that, that it was just, it was a bad. Does pitch he not selection. throw a slider? Yeah, it's a, it's a cutter slider. Oh, okay. It's, they're, they're the same pitch, technically. I believe I'm I'm almost 100% sure that he calls it a cutter, but it's technically classified as a. Slider. It didn't move two inches. No. And it, and no. and if you're gonna throw a cutter, 
don't you start it off on the inside corner and cut it in on the hands, much less don't start it on the outside of the plate and cut it to the middle. <laughs> and, and that's my part. Like that's, that's a familiarity issue. Like he doesn't with two strikes and a two, two count after he's already thrown two balls, he was up Oh two. And then he dropped down to two, two. And like, you just don't go with the cutter with Helsley there. That's, that's the last well, that you go with. Oh, yeah. I, the whole thing is disturbing. But, you know, for the show today, I mean, what I, I got to tell you, that, you know, yeah. But, man, I got to ask you. I mean, that's, I think that might be a conversation for another day. Let's see Helsley a little bit more in the bigs. Let's see some other things here. I mean, let's get, let's get through Babe Ruth here and then see how yeah. things shake out. But for – for real concern or, or longevity of this team and where we're going, something that I quite frankly thought might be a, I mean, I thought would be a, a, um, a strength has not proven to be so yet. And, you know, um, four games in for most of these guys and three for the others, this isn't good. Uh, no. These ERAs are bad. <laughs> Do we know what their ERA is? And again, this isn't an excuse, but do we know what the ERA is when you remove the five games from uh, Miller Park? I I meant to check that. And I just have well, that's okay. Great point. And I've already brought no, no, up that I think that park is a bit of a joke. I mean, I've seen. Um, God, was it Michaelis? I I think he may have given up a home run or two in that park that didn't seem legit to me. But that, 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 I'm not even saying that. Like it's just a combination of that somewhat joke ballpark in that lineup and just kind of knowing what's coming. But I, I, I was just curious about it. I don't even know if it's a real thing. Watch it end up being like an equal ERA or something. I was, it was just something I'm curious about. And real fast, I know we're going to talk about starting pitching. I, I think if there's one thing that maybe immediately could be remedied in the starting rotation is I really do think if you flip and we'll, again, we'll see what happens with Ryan Helsley, but I, I think I think the best bet moving forward, while Dakota Hudson, you know, struggles with command of his two seam and works as slow as humanly possible and can't get a lefty out, I think right now the best thing to do would be to put Helsley in the rotation in that spot and that and move Hudson back to the bullpen. I, I really do feel that way. I think that that's step one with the personnel that you have now, uh, and that's I just wanted to throw that out there before I forgot because my brain's mush. Um. Okay. So. Michaelis gave up five in Milwaukee, then gave up three in Pittsburgh, three in L.A., and three in Cincy. So, um, you know, he's he's been an equal opportunity guy. I mean, I guess three is better than five. Um, yeah, three is a, a huge change in ERA. Sure. Um, I, I would just like to see – now, one game he did. I mean, I, I, I can take three if we can get to six innings. Um, you know, that's the other thing too. So as you look at this, like just, just looking at the starting staff, any red flags for you? I mean, I, did we like, you know, did we, are we assuming too much from two guys based off a year and another guy, what a little half a year to three quarters of a year? Or did we assume too much based on that at the big league level? I, 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 maybe a little bit for sure, but I also think it's early in the year and I'm, I'm anxious to find out. I I definitely think there's a red flag. I definitely think there's warning signs. As you and I talked last week, my major concern was the starting rotation because they weren't getting deep enough into games and we're a week past that. And the same thing is going on. I I do think that maybe, especially with Michaelis and Flaherty, uh, just give it, let's, let's get through April and see what it looks like. You know, I, I felt like Waka pitched. He, I'm worried about Waka. You know, I, today I can't help, and I'm going to end up eating these words, hopefully, but I can't help but think Waka's just going to get blown apart today. Now, it is good. It's a day game. It's a getaway day. Usually hitters are a little bit more aggressive. You can get some weaker contact. I mean, we say that, but he pitched the getaway day last week and just got demolished. So, I like, hopefully he takes advantage of this situation. But I, I am worried about Waka. I, I, I'm worried about Waka. I've, with my, my thoughts about Helsley and Hudson, I'm obviously worried about Hudson. 
And I'm just happy Adam Wainwright isn't pitching in Milwaukee. Uh, that Mets lineup is going to be a really interesting, interesting, fun test for Adam Wainwright, I think. Uh, so, yes, I am worried. I'm worried they're not going deep enough. We've already seen how it's starting to tax the bullpen, even with the Memphis shuttle in, uh, in full swing. And uh, it's a concern. It's a concern that needs to be remedied. It needs to be remedied right away. Uh, but, you know, a week ago when the Cardinals went from Milwaukee and Pittsburgh and then, you know, were back in St. Louis, the, the pitching issues went away and they were pitching well at home. And then, then they went back on the road. And here we are worried about their, their pitching again. So uh, hopefully some normalcy and getting the hell away from Milwaukee for a while will help cure some of these ills. I would think so. Um, and again, to your point, playing against a potent lineup is one thing. But, you know, alarming to me. I mean, Flair, like, and, and I mean this, and I, I'm not saying this like he's failing. I just, you know, we, we put so much, like we make so many yeah. assumptions on young players and unproven players. And I'm not calling him Luke Weaver by any stretch of the imagination, but Jack Flaherty's pitched 18 innings and given up 25 hits in 18 innings. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, they're hitting 329 against Jack Flaherty. 329. What? His middle start there, because you know he's had two starts against Milwaukee. Just thought he, that middle start. What what was his line? Right, he pitched like six innings. Or, I, I can find it. Really good. I can find yeah. it. Give me a minute there. I can find it. But to your point, that's still way too much contact, and that's uh, that's, that's my problem with the whole thing. You know, I I can like I think we all can uh, we we all can deal with some like you know some bad luck. If you you know um, if if you want to use that right. Um, but that's not bad luck. No. You know. No, that's leaving too much over the middle. Of that the is way, way, way too many pitches over the plate. So, you know, that's it. So, yeah. You know, his best start, obviously, was against L.A. Um, you know, a good outing. I mean, six innings pitched and three hits allowed, and then he just got destroyed, um, obviously, yesterday. I mean, just destroyed. And and that's a good lineup, too. That Dodgers lineup is a good lineup. It's just sure. not in Milwaukee against freaking Milwaukee. I'm telling you, it's like Milwaukee knows when they're in that damn stadium what pitch is coming. And I'm not I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying they're stealing signs or sending signs or anything like that. But something's different when they play with Milwaukee where you cannot get a pitch by a hitter. It's, it's the most incredible thing, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure what it is. I, I believe that it's baseball oriented well, i believe they, they feel like they know what's coming but it's just crazy that it's well, like that well let me ask you this and i the, you know the conspiracy theories aside do you ever notice sometimes it's these ballparks where things seem a little bit different where that happens in like remember when the twins were rolling and it's like yeah. god it's almost like they know what's coming or it's almost like when they hit the ball it carries and when we like i'll never forget tommy her hitting the ball off the wall going and tony Pena going God dang, man. It seemed like when they hit those, they went out. And then you find out, what, 25 years later that some guy that worked there would turn the vents on when they were batting so that the wind, you know, or when the other team was. I mean, and again, I don't know. And to your point, you know, you have these theories of, you know, Christian Yelich is up there and he's got this microscopic earpiece in and some guy in center field's going, they're coming in on you. They're going away, you know. I don't know that it's that. Like, I hear people all the time talk about, you know, guys would. These guys, too, are smart enough to, to know if that's what's going on, you know, and, and yeah. cross up signs and things. I, I I mean, again, maybe we're looking. You know what? Here we are again looking for excuses, right? Like, it, this can't be, right? It can't be. Um, and, you know, I like Christian Yelich, but I watched him in Miami, too. Um, is it natural that he's becoming a, a better player as he as he moves into his prime? Year? Well, sure, but uh, I mean, is he a you know is he this guy playing in a normal ballpark? Yeah, he's still pretty good, right? But I don't know it's some of and, and then the confidence factor add that in like all I got to do is put a good swing on. I, you know, I don't know. Like I said, this these are all things that great question. I think. Thursday for Benji is, you know, when you're, when it's going like this, does it lend itself to the success? Like it doesn't matter what you throw me, I'm going to blow it up. And I play in a, in a band box. So just throw it in here. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it's it's just incredible. It's just incredible. I can't wait to get away from Milwaukee for a while. Well, so it, I guess in the end here, is is that your answer? Like to the problem? Like just let's let's get out of there and then we'll figure this out. Like nothing will cure like if we're looking for a what's for like if we're looking for a cure, the cure is to get the hell out of there. Right? Like yeah. almost like, you know what? We'll play you at Bush and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, in my mind it's like when you have a you have the flu, right? So or you have like a head cold. A neti pot alone isn't going to do the deal. You, you need you need you need the neti pot. You need cold and flu. You need cough drops, and that's where I'm at right now. I want to see how Walker does today before I make any. Like I, I'm not sold on Michael Walker, and it breaks my heart because I love the guy. But uh, to me, that's point point A. It's you have to get the hell out of Milwaukee and get some distance away from there. See how it is a weekend series against the Mets, and, and maybe. But I do think that there is an adjustment that needs to be made immediately, and I think it's getting Dakota Hudson out of the rotation. Uh, any team, and it, it, uh, Brian Hoffman, who works on uh, Frank Cusimano's show, tweeted it out the other day. The Cardinals are about ready to come up on a stretch where they're going up against a lot of hitters that are a lot of teams with left-handed power hitters. You have to get Dakota Hudson out of the rotation immediately. The longer you keep him in, the more you're compromising uh, your ability to win the games that he starts. And plus, he's a really good bullpen piece uh, as the bullpen starts to accrue more and more innings. So to me, that's something that needs to change immediately beyond just getting out of Milwaukee. Uh, and then maybe something else might need to change if Michael Walker keeps struggling. Uh, but that, that's where I'm at. Yes, get out of Milwaukee. Get, get away from Milwaukee for a while. Make the change in the rotation as soon as possible. You can always go back. If Helsley gets blown up, it, it, it's not a huge tax. Uh, and then adjust from there and see what it looks like is um i guess your i guess your thought process on this is um he's i mean he's not he's going to be a free agent next year and you're not interested in re-signing him absolutely not yeah and i do think it's interesting that they have not engaged him to our knowledge right yeah, there hasn't even been any of that. Like, not even a rumor. Like, no. They had a press conference the other day, and I, nobody thought it was Waka. So, I mean, I think he's, you know, I see he's one of these guys that's Lance Linnish to me. Like, when he was winning games, it was hard to go. Well, I don't know, he's winning some games, right? And yeah. some, but I think sometimes you look at two pitch pitchers and go, man, how's he getting people out? Like, yeah. You know, and I know he's tried to develop a curveball over the years, and he is throwing it more. Um, but I don't know. I, see, no, he no, seems no, to no, me no, like a, like today feels bad to me, and the way things work in life, it'll probably be the opposite. But yeah. he seems like a prime guy to get unloaded on today because if I hunt pitches on Michael Walker, I just pick one of the two, and I go up there and say I'm going to take my chances with one rather than try to adjust to two. Yeah, yeah, and that's how we know he's going to throw a no hitter that he's flirted with for a couple of years now. Yeah, because um, yeah, I mean, you know, again, some of it is just pure like throw the right pitch at the right time and get a and get and and and, and get it to work out. Um, I don't know, man. I I really felt like, man, I'm curious about the bullpen. Um, I'm curious about the bullpen, but I feel good about the starting pitching, and now I feel good about the majority of the bullpen. Yeah, um, and it was it was nice to see Tyler Webb make Christian Yelich look bad last Yeah, time, I'll I take thought. that, even though I'm not the biggest Webb fan. Although, if you want to no. use him in that, I don't want to see him pitch to a right-handed hitter. Um, I don't care what, like, I just, yeah. I mean, but I don't know. I, like I said, I, I I would be curious, and, I, and I'm going to be interested to, to get the, the pro, the ex-pro's opinion on what you do in, in a situation like this, because I think it's real easy, and I think a lot of us would sit here and say, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, when Schultz says, what are you going to do, bring a guy in and say you're good enough to come in, but you're not good enough to pitch to him, I, I don't know about that one. Um, I, I mean, I like the attitude of I'm not scared to pitch to anybody, but – if that's how you really feel, then why don't just walk the just intentionally walk the guy before you bring Helsley in and say go get Braun? I am yeah. I wrong? I I agree. I, I could not. I agree so so much with that. You I, know the other thing I could gloss. Yeah, that, that was 
that was a weird the game the way that that was handled uh using giovanni giovanni gallegos for 70 pitches or i know it was only like 45 or 50 but using giovanni gallegos for that many pitches that's why you have two runners on in that situation and i understand he was trying to get innings he should have gone to helsley to start that inning like the there are some serious managerial questions beyond just pitching to Yelich that definitely need to be addressed to to turn this uh, wheel all the way around to where you started. Uh, you know, kind of sometimes you crow about what you expect out of a manager, and uh, that it, there's Mister Mister Schilt has not done a ton uh, against Milwaukee and especially this series to put his team in the best position to win. Well, yeah. I, listen, I, I will say this though: I'm not not in his defense. He doesn't need me to defend him, but I mean. I've said it once and I'll say it again. When you get two and two thirds out of your starter, that's, yeah. I mean, you're getting punched in the mouth. So now yeah, you're, sure. now you're, and you're losing, you're getting your ass kicked. You know, do you, do you play it like a one run game? Well, I don't know that you can. So I think you got to try to stretch Gallego. I, I don't know that you have any other choice in that instance, to be quite frank. You don't have a day off today. And, and, you know, you gotta, you gotta approach it like tomorrow's another day. And God forbid yeah, I get in a one-run game tomorrow. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. You're playing with fire, and you have a pitcher who's capable of throwing five or six innings if you need him to. Uh, that's usually used out of a starting position. Like, you know, maybe start him at the beginning of an inning instead of bringing him in and release for the first time in his life. Uh, you know, that, that's all I'm saying. Is it's, no, 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 I agree with that. Because in this yeah. instance, I think the thought process, so what would the thought process have been if we do it our way? If he if he has Guy Eagles intentionally walk Yelich, now he comes in with the bases loaded and faces Ryan Braun, right? Yeah. Now, in hindsight, you sit there and go, well, his stuff really matches up with Ryan Braun, right? Like, I think we all agree with that. But then what, you know, I mean, do you want to wanna bring a guy like that in in a – Bases loaded situation. I, yeah. I mean, pick your poison, right? Pick your poison. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I would have started the inning without. Right, that's and that, that, and I understand where you're going with that. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, you're man. Right. It's, a, it's a miserable situation for a, a guy to make his major league debut, and that's for sure. <laughs> hey, welcome. Hey, welcome to the major leagues. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, I there 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 are no cakewalks up here. So, welcome to the major right. leagues. But I, I I agree with you that maybe. Could, I wish it would have been in a better circumstance for him. But, hey, you know what? Get your feet wet, babe. Get your feet wet. I love it. Um, God, I'm so excited. Well, listen, I, I think I agree with you. I think the only cure for this whole thing right now is to get the hell out of Dodge. So yeah. we'll, we will reconvene after we get out of there and see what happens. But um, for all of our listeners and enjoy following you and, and checking you out, I, I highly encourage your prospects after dark. And it's about as, you know, it's informative, but it's also about as entertaining as it can be. Um, tell our listeners how they can follow you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at K-Y-L-E-R-416. Uh, again, I write for Birds on the Black. I, Lane Thomas was just called up today. He was my number seven prospects on my dirty 35 uh ryan helsley's right up is up at 30 35 check those out it's great uh we do prospects after dark once a week i took a little hiatus while i was trying to get some personal matters straightened away there's a chance a very small chance we do one tonight uh more than likely we'll pick back up next week and it'll be on a night when the cardinals aren't playing probably you know a tuesday night or wednesday night or a thursday night something like that but uh maybe even a sunday night if we can back to sundays but we do that through Periscope, and you can find that via Twitter. So uh, follow me on Twitter. All right, my friend. I appreciate your uh, your contributions to the show. I'm uh, enjoying our conversations. And uh, let's see. I- I'm with you. Let's see what happens when we get out of town, and we'll go from there. Sounds great, Jim. You're the best. Talk to you, pal. Bye-bye. That is Kyle Reese, and I want to thank our friends at Adam Smokehouse for uh, for bringing us that uh, that segment with that expert. Uh, best barbecue in St. Louis, folks. Don't ever don't ever doubt it. Located on Watson Road, open until 7 on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. They do deliver to certain zip codes. Uh, they can take care of your box lunch orders if you have a, a big office setting or just want to treat, treat the office or, you know, a bunch of friends or whatever. They can, you can do your box lunches. And, of course, if you have an event that requires catering, nobody does it better than Adam Smokehouse. Uh, love Mike. Love his staff over there. They take care of us each and every time we go. 
Uh, I've had so many people contact me and say, thanks for the recommendation. Uh, I've never had anybody say, Jim, I got to be honest with you. It wasn't as good as you guys talked about. I was expecting more. It's always thanks for the recommendation, guys. It was awesome. So we appreciate Mike. We appreciate the team over at Adam Smokehouse. St. Louis, here's your cue. Um, I'll be real curious to hear what Mose has to say about this, because I think he's advocated at different times for, for a different look. So um, let's bring in uh, Mr. Analytics himself, Mo's algorithm. Hey, what do you say, Mo? Doing well, Jim. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing a little better than our starting staff is in Milwaukee, but that's not, that's not too hard to, to do, I'm assuming, at this juncture. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I just was talking to our friend Kyle Reese as he let us off today. And this could easily turn into, as it did there, the Christian Yelich debate. But um, let's try to stay on point because I'm curious your thoughts from an analytical side of what is uh, where we're at. Because I know you're a big Miles Michaelis uh, fan, and rightfully so. I mean, I think he does. You know, he deserves a lot of a lot of praise. Um, but I'm concerned about him and Flaherty both, mainly because did I put too much stock in these guys after what amounted to one year for one guy? And I don't know what half a year, or a little more than half a year for the other. Uh, I think so there's there's many layers to this. Um, you know, I, I think what you have to consider, and, and most people don't, is uh, I, I'll pose you this question: Do you expect starting pitchers to pitch well in Coors Field? Okay, I'm 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 hearing you. I'm feeling you. Okay, and the, the answer to that is typically no, right? When, when visiting, and even home pitchers for the Rockies, they, they just struggle at Coors Field. Okay. Miller, Park, it, it, Miller Park is not far off from being as bad as Coors Field when it comes to giving up runs and giving up home runs, uh, you know, in, in terms of, of overall offensive production. Miller Park is, one, is probably the second worst park you ever want to pitch in in Major League Baseball right now. And so half of these guys' starts has been at Miller Park so far. And so I, I look at it and I go, this is just a schedule quandary. You know, uh, you know, Flaherty looks great in his last outing that wasn't at Miller Park. He got to pitch at home and looked good. Um, I, I, I'm not overly concerned. This, is, this has been a gauntlet of a schedule for the Cardinals to start off with. They have a winning record. Uh, they're on pace for 86 wins, which is not what we want, but – they're certainly not out of the stumbling out of the gate by any means. So uh, I know Twitter is on fire. I get that the Cardinals have dropped five of six to the Brewers. They've all been at Miller Park. Uh, I think it's still called Miller Park. Are they cha- have they changed it yet? I think I it's I Miller for now. I believe. Yeah. Uh, you know. So um, I, I'm, I'm again. I know I'm gonna. I'm not the hot take central that you know people want, and I'm not jumping off a bridge, but. And last week I was kind of boring, but I, it's just, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, 10 of their 17 games have been against the two teams that were in the NLCS last year. They're five and five against the, in those 10 games. Um, and I, they're, they're, they're going to be all right. Well, yeah, I, you know, it sounds to me like you and Kyle might be on the same page. Um, you know, we're looking for answers, right? Like everybody's scrambling, everybody's freaking out. Everybody's, you know, doing all this is the answer simply get the hell out of town. I mean, are you on the same boat? Like, let's just get out of here and start over. Yeah. Especially like today, like if you could, if you could sneak out a win here today in Milwaukee, uh, grab a win. Um, and you'd be 10 and eight on the year. You're, you're right back within like a game or two of the brewers. Like they're not out. Like this is it's April 17th. They're not out of anything. Um, they're the offense is playing well. We're getting, um, you know, nobody's talking. Everyone wants to talk about how bad Marcelo's in his defense is, but the guy's hitting bombs. He's, he's being the offensive player that we wanted from Miami. Um, you know, we dealt with Matt Holiday being a suboptimal outfielder for many, many years. So I don't understand this obsession with, with uh, Ozuna's bad defense. Like, you know, that's what you get out of a good hit and left fielder most times is, is subpar defense. So um, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not – I'm not disappointed. I'm not overly ecstatic. Uh, I was thrilled that they were able to four-game sweep the Dodgers last week. I thought that looked really good. Um, but when you ask a team to start off with this type of schedule, you know what you want to do is compete against the good teams, right? You want to go right around. You don't, you don't want to be 500 against the really good teams. That'll and then you want to beat up on the bad teams. And 
And right now they're five and five against really good teams, and they're four and three against not so great teams. So if they keep this up, they're going to be okay. Man, I got to tell you. I wasn't expecting this type of optimism from you today. I think some of our listeners are going to go, huh? I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah, sure you I, can I understand just, that. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I, I don't think the sky is falling as bad as, as some people, you know, I, maybe they had higher expectations to start the season, but, but again, when you look at the schedule and how it broke down and I, I talked to someone on Twitter today who got really upset that I was making it sound like the Cardinals were doing something good because they were one and five against the Brewers because I said that they were five and five against the teams in the NLCS and I said I get it but let's let's have the Brewers come to St. Louis one time before we panic about the six or seven games that they've played in Milwaukee you know and sometimes teams just cause fits for other teams and the Brewers just tend to have it's just the Brewers tend to be a bad matchup for the Cardinals right now um, because of the way the teams are designed. doesn't necessarily mean that the Brewers have some magic power over the Cardinals. It's just their matchups aren't great. And that's why in any sort of playoff or anything, you want to have the matchup against a certain team. It doesn't necessarily mean that one team's just superficial to the other. Uh, it just means that matchups generally play a part. Um. You know, what do you say to this? As I didn't ask Kyle this question, but I'm going to ask you this question. Their pitchers are pitching in the same ballpark. And to be quite frank, this will be the second year in a row now where everybody's been hyping up Milwaukee and there's been a bunch of people going, ah, but their starting pitching sucks. I mean, I don't – the Cardinals haven't had any trouble scoring runs. Um, They've scored 11 runs in this series. Uh, granted, the Brewers have scored 18, but you know the, the Cardinals have scored runs on their pitching. And, and and look at Milwaukee when they when they left town and went out to play LA or whatever. They were they were not good. They played well at Miller Park. That's what they do. They're notorious for being a tough team at Miller Park. And when they go on the road, they're a different team because their offense isn't going to perform the same. Um, like I'm, I'm telling you, it's just like the Rockies. You know, when the Rockies go on the road, they're nowhere near the same offense as when they're at home. And we're going to see that with the Brewers. Yes, they have very good hitters. Um, but when they go on the road, it's not going to be as easy as it is when they're at home. And, and, and that's where their pitching will play a big role because they're going to give up runs. It's just a matter of whether or not they can outscore that other team. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. I, I, I agree. I, I, I think I, I think I'm on the same page with you on a lot of this. Um, you know, I, in the end, I don't know that you ever want to feel like another team owns you, so to speak. Um, you know, would you know we would have to we would have to uh, really dominate them at our place to to make that feel good or evened out. And in the end, you know, you just kind of play it and, and play it as it lies, I guess. But um, you know, look, here's my issue in the end too. I, I don't quite know what the recipe anymore is for success. I mean, I, you know, I see people and I understand that there's a, 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 a loud minority out there that, that I'm sorry, that doesn't get it and thinks you can pitch guys every night. And I don't understand why we did this or why we do. I mean, but you know, does for me, the whole thing starts with getting six innings out of your starters. Uh, you know, I go back to one of the I, – I talk all the time about a couple of the things that even though I wasn't the biggest Tony La Russa fan in the world, I talk about all the time the things I learned under the managers that the St. Louis Cardinals have had in my what I call my um, my my Cardinal fandom years. And, and the two that stick out the most, obviously, are Whitey Herzog and then Tony La Russa. And I, I think about the things that I learned about baseball and how you approach it from both those managers. And with Tony La Russa, I always talk about the try to win every series, right? Like, don't get mm-hmm. so caught up in losing a game. Did you win the series? Did you? Yep. And then the other thing, you know, if you look at it, I, I would say this, you know, with when it comes to the quality start, I remember during the Tony La Russa era, there was such a, such a big deal made about the quality start. And I remember a lot of times sitting there going, man, six innings and three runs. Is that really a quality start? I mean, so if you gave up three runs, that means you have an ERA of four and we don't typically look at an ERA of four as great, right? How's that a quality start? 
And I'm sitting here right now going, God, I would die for a quality start of six innings and three runs. And especially in that park, I guess. So is, is, is that mentality of let's get some quality starts going here and then let what has proven to be a better bullpen than we expected for the most part, let it go to work? Yeah, and, and the other thing is like with these first few weeks in the season, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm, I'm trying to give valid reasons as to why this team, yes, is I think is, is playing well. I think the pitching could definitely do better, but let's look at the schedule also from a scheduling aspect of where they've traveled and their days off, right? Has this team gotten in any sort of rhythm? We saw them finally get into a little bit of a rhythm at home, and they played really well against the Dodgers. And then they had a weird Friday off where they had to travel to Mexico. And then they go down to another super offensive park uh, that's tough on pitchers. And they played there and split with the Reds. And then not only that, they had to get on a flight Sunday from Mexico back to Milwaukee in the same, and play the very next day and go back into that, um, in that atmosphere in Milwaukee. Yeah, and I know so what like, time they got in. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, tar- I'm like I'm not trying to make excuses for this club, but they've had weird days off. They've had some rainouts already. They've had Milwaukee trips twice. They've had a trip to Mexico. Like this is not like a, a standard three week period that we're going to see in June, where it's just kind of a a normal schedule where they're where they're getting days off on normal times and they're playing their typical t- you know time frame. This has been weird. So for them to be nine and eight and right in the thick of it with the Brewers. I, I'm I'm just not going to jump off a bridge. Okay, and, I, and I'm okay with that. Um, all right, so, you know, I kind of didn't want to allow you to go on a Christian Yelich rant like we did with Kyle, so now I'll give you the chance, so I'll just ask you, have you I mean, God, you, you ever seen anything like this? <laughs> Barry Bonds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, very uh, they, they they are making mistakes at the wrong time with him. And, you know, when there's when there's two – and that's the thing. Like, the Brewers are doing a really good job of getting runners on before he gets up. So See, that's the thing. You know, it's not like – yeah. It's not like he's hitting solo home runs all the time or there's nobody on and you can walk him and not put a couple – you know, that's the and, – and listen, I get the theory of, well, I'm tired of this guy beating me, Right. But I think what we're also saying, and, and again, I listen for all of you out there who are going, God dang it, you're not going to tell me we shouldn't not pitch to this guy. I get it. But I also want everybody to understand what he may possibly be thinking, and that's this. I'm going to walk a guy and pitch to the guys behind him, and literally we just said this park is unfair. Yep. It isn't like you're bringing up me. You know, now in hindsight, it's always easy to sit there and go. And I've said this a hundred times too. When Mark McGuire was hitting all those home runs, I wouldn't have pitched to the son of a bitch. I can tell you right now, uh, Brian Jordan or Ray Lankford, when he was due and Tony was doing his little, if they faced a lefty, Brian Jordan batted behind McGuire. And if they faced it a righty, Ray Lankford batted behind McGuire. I can tell you right now, that son of a bitch ain't beat me. It's going to be one of those two. Just like when Pujols was here. I didn't care who batted behind Pujols. I never understood why people pitched to him all the time. I just said, hey, listen, somebody else has beaten me, not this guy. Okay? Well, when you play in that park, it doesn't take a lot to beat you. So, now, I think we're at a drastic point where even I would deviate from my thought process on this and say, look, now somebody else is going to have to beat me. You know what I mean? For sure. No way this guy's beating me in this park. But it doesn't take near as much because, it, like we just said, guys are flipping balls out of there. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't and, know. And, you know. Now that I had a second to think about it, the last time I seen a hitter do this against the Cardinals would have been Carlos Beltran in the 2004 season yep. when he played for the Astros. That's, that's, what, the last yep. time, that's, the, that's the last time I'm thinking, Jesus, what, does he just hit a home run every time he comes up? Yeah, and, and we went through those numbers earlier, staggering. I mean, yeah. that was I, uh, I, I had pulled it up, and in 2004, when he went to Houston, you know what's amazing? We talk about uh, what he did against the Cardinals because he was 10 for 24 with four home runs. He was 10 for 22 against Atlanta in five games. In five games and hit four home runs. He was pretty incredible that postseason. I mean, and can you imagine not winning? Having a guy that hot 
and not winning because you know we all know what happened in Game Seven. But golly, yeah. oh my goodness, amazing! I, so, I, I don't know. I guess I also look at it from the from the concept of like, so what's the difference between Yelich hitting a three run home run and popping out to center field like a quarter of an inch? Right? Oh, it's so, le- it could be less. Could be less, right? So like you are playing with such finite numbers that, you know, when runner, when, when he's got the bases loaded, when you got two runners on, you can't just walk him. Like that's just not baseball in my mind. That's not how I would approach anything uh, when it comes to, when it comes to strategy. Um, but if, if he's, if there's two outs and he's coming up by himself, yeah, I probably pitch around him, but I'm not, I'm not going to pitch around and, and jack around with that lineup because it's not like he's the only one. Right. So if, if it's, if you're facing a, a bad team and they just have a superstar in the middle of their lineup that you're like, look, there's no reason we let this guy beat us. But I mean, they're giving up Paters to Shaw and Moustakas and, and all of them. So I, I, I'm not going to load the bases by walking him to, to put Moustakas up there. I'm not going to do it. So the law of averages say he's going to cool off. Yes. It's looked ugly against the Cardinals so far uh, this year, uh, but I, I'm just not going to play those games where I'm getting myself in, in deeper trouble by not trying to get an out against the guy who will eventually hit into out. Yeah. I, I, you know, the, the whole analytics part of this, and you're an analytics guy, so everybody and their brother is sitting there. And, and hang on, before I say this, I, I want to I start with something. You said. So that's the other thing. I mean, to my, from what I can remember, and I can't remember every single pitch sequence, but he's only hit one pitch out where I went, holy shit. And that was the one uh, Monday that was above the letters and inside. I thought, when he hit it, I thought, I mean, that's either foul or there's no way he got the barrel on it without pulling out like that. And somehow he did and hit it out. And it was, of course, in that stadium, it looked like it was in the upper deck. Um, So that's the only pitch that I've seen where I haven't went, man, how can you miss that badly? There's no way that was your spot is, is my point. In that pitch, I would sit there and go, yeah, that was a good pitch. I don't know how he hit that out. Now it is time to to never pitch to the son of a bitch again. So um, I wanted to say that. And then if you look at it and, and, and all this, for me, I don't know about you, but like, how do you, like, how do you change that? How do you rectify this whole thing from an analytics standpoint? Because wouldn't analytics tell you that what goes up must come down so sooner or later? Like you sit there and watch Yachty throw his hands on his hips and, and you see Schilt, the look on his face. It's almost like these guys are going, I mean, like these guys have been in baseball their whole life and they're literally going Jiminy Christmas. I mean, sooner or later, a guy's got to go over four. I mean, the and numbers say he's going to go over four today. Right. And and that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I'm not just going to start randomly putting him on base with two and three runners on. Like you got yourself in that situation. Now you get to reap what you sow. But if, if you're getting in, you know, if you're getting two outs and then he comes up and you're still pitching to him, now you're just being kind of arrogant. But if you're getting yourselves in bad spots and the Brewers are just fortunate enough for him to be coming up, then you get to eat it because that's what you got yourself into. Um, but, yeah, he's going to cool off. Like, they're all going to cool off. All these guys cool off. Uh, he just happens to be – like, think about it this way. Like, he would be this hot regardless of if he was facing the Cardinals, in my mind, right? So it just happens that six of his first 18 games have been against the Cardinals, and he happens to be playing well at home. When he went on the road, he wasn't hitting all those home runs. See what I'm saying? So it just it, – it, the optics of it look worse than it really is because it's the same team in the same ballpark within a same three-week window. So that's why it looks like he owns the Cardinals now. And I, I don't believe in – I don't believe that certain hitters own certain pitchers. I don't believe that certain hitters own certain teams. It just happens to be. Yeah. Um, you know, he is hitting 125 against left-handed pitching. Interestingly enough, um, yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, he's two for 16 against left-handed pitching. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to definitely hit righties better than he hits lefties, but the Cardinals don't have the lefties. To, that's what I'm saying. What, what, it goes back to my, to my discussion about matchups. 
Like the Cardinals do not have enough left-handed pitching to to bury the the, the Brewers the way that they would need to. You know. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely built for a seven-game series because how many teams have multiple? Le- like, you would think that if Rich Hill's healthy, you would think that if Julio Urias is healthy, you would think that if that if uh, oh um, Kershaw is healthy, that the Dodgers would give them fits. You would think. Yep. Yep. And they did, right? I mean, we just saw it last October. So, yeah, he's hitting 455 at home. He's played nine games at home and nine games on the road. He's hitting 455 at home with nine home runs and 23 RBIs. On the road, he's hitting 270 with no home runs and two RBIs. I'm telling you, like, it's just a scheduling quandary. It's, it's going to be okay. Right. <laughs> I'm going to – hey, listen, it's, you were right last year about Michaelis. I'm going to I'm going to give it I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the the thing this year and we'll reconvene on the starting pitching. I think they're going to need I don't know, let's give them let's give them a month to 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 bring it back down to neutral and 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 and, and re, recharge the engines. Yeah, let's give them a couple home stands, right? Okay. Like they, they've only had one um, and I thought they pitched really well especially against the Dodgers. I know that Thursday game was weird. It was kind of a shootout, but Three of the four, the starters were phenomenal. So, and that was a very, very good offense coming in, um, and they cooled them off real quick. So, you know, let's, you know, if they go get swept by the Mets this weekend and look terrible at home, then maybe I look dumb. But I, I think if we just give it a little more time and uh, let them get their their feet under them, they're going to be okay. All right, um, we're all going to trust in Mo. How about that? L- literally. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, figuratively and literally, we will trust in Mo. Well, hey, Mo, thanks for joining us. Tell our listeners where they can follow you. Uh, on Facebook at Mo's Algorithm and on Twitter at M-O-Z underscore Algorithm. Great stuff as always, my friend. I'll plan on chatting with you next week. Sounds good. That is Mo's Algorithm bringing us all uh, back to neutral here and, and, and making us all feel like, hey, it's going to be okay. I think that was the general consensus today, basically like, okay, you know, I, I'm not quite sure. Like, okay, maybe nobody on the staff's going to win a Cy Young, but we're also not this bad. So let's get out of there. Let's get away from there, and let's bring it back down to reality, and let's see what happens. Now, in the end, um, somebody, you're, you're going to play teams that are either right there with you or better than you to get to your ultimate goal, which is a World Series. And we'll figure it out at that time. But for now, and, and hopefully we make some changes and improve, um, I'm not quite sure they can improve any more offensively at home than they have against us. So uh, I always believe in what goes up must come down. So we'll see what happens with that. I want to thank our guests today. Um, one last time, our partners, innovativecompanies.com, Randy Green, residential, commercial, industrial. Randy Green's got you covered. Uh, 35 years experience, second generation craftsman, and more importantly, a man of his word. Thank you to the Patio Studios for having us. Don't forget it's the uh, original place for St. Louis Cardinal fans, original party place for St. Louis Cardinal fans everywhere, both pre- and post-game. Enjoy yourself at Patio's right next to Bush Stadium. Uh, Adam Smokehouse, thank you for your continued support. Couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, the barbecue, best barbecue in St. Louis, in my opinion, hands down. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, open till seven. Make sure you guys uh, try the ribs. I think they're 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 second to none. But any of the sides, any of the specials, uh, the pulled pork, all of it's phenomenal. You guys will enjoy it. Obviously, you've heard Steve. will talk about the turkey. When you go to a barbecue place and the turkey's that good, it ought to tell you something. That's Adam Smokehouse, St. Louis. Here's your cue. To my friends at Gators Baseball Academy, thank you for your continued support. I'm excited about being involved with these guys now as they uh, they take what used to be the Missouri Gators and then developed it into the Gators Baseball Academy and now are expanding over to Illinois. That's the Illinois Gators as well. To learn more about their four-pillar system and about the program itself, you can just simply type in GatorsBaseballAcademy.com or you can private message me and I'll be happy to share with you any details uh, about you possibly becoming a Gator or getting involved in their their awesome training program. That's GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. I want to encourage everybody to check us out at twobirdsonabat.com where you can subscribe to the show, which is free. You can listen to the current episodes there, and you can click on our Two Birds bloggers. Uh, We've got some great writers doing some uh, great write-ups on St. Louis Cardinals, all types of different topics, recaps, interesting stories, all great stuff, and we do appreciate them all joining us and being a part of what we're doing. Looking forward to to all their write-ups throughout the course of the year. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Birds on a Bat Show. If you're a Cardinal fan, we're going to follow you back. So make sure you follow us. 
Always pushing Facebook, folks. Type in Two Birds on a Bat. Make sure you've liked our Facebook page. Click invite your friends. If you would invite them all, we would appreciate it. More importantly, find our pin post. Comment on it. Share it and like it. And that helps us reach more people and bring more people into the fold. So a lot of you guys do it every show. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to hopefully one of you guys out there winning some of these great prizes we've been giving away. Uh, Instagram, two birds on a bat show. Follow us there as well. And you can find us as part of lineupmedia.fm, the uh, fastest growing podcast company on the planet and now home to the newest streaming platform, Yo Radio. Download it for free on your mobile device today. I know you guys will enjoy it. Um, special thanks to all the Facebook groups out there that let us be a part of what they're doing. Nate McHenry, RallySquirrel.com, one of the originals and one of our favorites. Uh, Ron and his gang at Cards on Deck. Uh, Chris Lawless and, and, and Larry over at, uh, at Cardinals Nation, Cardinals 24-7. Love what those guys do. Uh, Vicky and Linda with uh, I Am a Cardinal Fan, Yes I Am, and of course one of our favorites, fans of Yachty or Molina. Uh, STL Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals Crew, St. Louis Cardinals Nation, Cardinal Freak, all these great Facebook pages that do nothing but allow us to get in there, uh, vent as long as we're respectful about it, uh, chat, find out things, educate ourselves and learn. And it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun. For all of us here at Bowties and Bullshit, where analytics meet the eye test, we'll see you next week. Let's go, birds!